We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Welcome to Friday. Embrace the stoke. <laughs> hey, good news. The Maserati Levante Trofeo. No, it's just, I can't. <laughs> you can't make it good news. I can't make it good news. It's a pickle fork rant. Look out. Yeah. It is. It's now available in blue emozione and some other colors like giallo modenese and rosso magma. I, li- I like your Italian pronunciation, but I don't think that's helping. Yeah, I, no, nothing is going to help this thing. It's like the actors who phone in the you know the movie their their oh, yeah. acting ability because the payment on their third house was due or their they're boat get, payments due they're getting divorced something. for the fifth time and they got to pay alimony yeah hey, exactly yeah. you know they've, they've got to do it and that's the switch gear as it relates just to the Maserati I, welcome welcome I, to a podcast you're, you're, we're joining you mid rant here I feel like sketching Maseratis just to send them sketches for free here you go <laughs> I know you didn't ask unsolicited design help coming to you courtesy <laughs> of Paul Schmucker but that wouldn't help the switch gear though <laughs> no that, that's the problem can you send them a box of better switches would that mm. work but then that costs us money that's not, True. That's not good Mitsubishi not good. has boxes of extra leftover stuff they Maybe have leftover Oldsmobile logos that they mount sideways they on their do. car welcome to the podcast we're referencing <laughs> other podcasts we've been ranting for over Man. an hour and we even look you weren't here for it but we even had a podcast file corruption that re- required us to restart complete so, restart happy yeah. friday i actually want to say there's good news coming here though and you know what maybe <laughs> it relates was full maybe it relates okay because the episode that did not want to get shot where we went to tacoma oh, had all our man. gear stolen oh you're going there i'm going okay. there had all okay. our gear stolen shot two amazing cars a 67 e-type and a 74 uh a Porsche 914. You actually yes. saw that on our Facebook. I'll yes. post a picture of the Jaguar as well. Uh, those things were, we were, wanted to shoot them, had all our gear stolen, mm. shot them anyway, <laughs> had many of the files corrupt. Now we're talking about it and the podcast takes a dive. But, uh, but unless, <laughs> unless. My mouth is hanging open. Unless Motor no Tread way. burns to the ground <laughs> Saturday morning, that will air. And then it'll eventually come to Amber. Maybe we'll just take out all of, all of the uh, modern <laughs> civilizations. Every place this swath. episode touches, it's just going to. Anyway, no, yard kill zone around a, this podcast. It's a very cool episode. We're so thrilled to share those cards. So that is early Saturday morning, also coming to Amazon Prime soon. We have to give big mm-hmm. thank yous to Covercraft for being the presenting sponsor of all of season four, including this Griot's episode. Pretty awesome. Yep. And then no big surprise, Griot's Garage for being a sponsor of the TV show as well. And of course, there's these are cars literally out of their garage. And pristine clean because they have all the good car care products. Exactly. These are the cleanest cars we've ever driven, by the way, for obvious reasons. They are. They're pretty spectacular. I can't wait to share this episode with all of you. You can use the code EVERYDAY for both companies. So when you order and you get to the checkout, use the promo code EVERYDAY for 10% off your orders. Just so you know, because both these companies have treated us incredibly well. And we're, we're just proud to be associated with and them. And they have genuinely good products. They're genuine fans of what we do, and we know that you, we, they know that you guys are responding, so thank you for that. Uh, we should talk about other new things that are happening. There are some new things. Do you even want to touch on this? Well, today was a Tesla announcement day. <laughs> and whenever we say, whenever we say it, the word Tesla and then we follow with thoughts, <laughs> yeah. we get letters. Yeah. We get encouraging letters and we get scathing letters because we mm-hmm. talk Tesla. So here's what I'm going to do. I have pulled up my phone. I am <laughs> setting a Tesla this. timer. I'm laughing. I'm going to give us about five minutes of time to talk about the fact that there was a big announcement today that was set up like, here's your big changing the world announcement. Yeah. And yeah. then dropped as... 
we're doing what we said we were going to do originally, and the Model 3 is now $35,000, which is not really a stop-the-world announcement thing, but Tesla does a really good job of making their announcements a big thing. The world grinds to a halt when Elon tweets because it's going to be some new thing that everybody goes, oh, okay, great, we kind of expected that. It was the two years ago we expected the $35,000 price tag. Yes. It was not, but they have figured out a way to do it. They have come up with it. Which is cool. It's available now on the website, and you can actually go build the base Model 3. Mm Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you have to select black only. Uh, it's, the, it's the Henry Ford idea of building cars. <laughs> Any color you want as long as it's black. Hope you like black. Yeah. And the 18-inch wheels with mm-hmm. the kind of weird spaceship-looking wheel covers. And uh, their steel is underneath, I think. Well, I'm sure it is. And it's you know it's the cloth seats and the base thing. But it's still 220-something it miles of range. And it's still quick. Yes. Five, <laughs> all the automotive media are saying it's it's... You know, pretty quick at 5.6 seconds, 0 to 60. It's Which is, it's which is very quick yeah. for a family sedan, a midsize sedan, 5.6 seconds. That's that's just fast. Now, you don't get the full autopilot no. or the autonomous driving anything. So you don't get any of that. Yes. It's just electric car. Mm-hmm. The thing is, on the final checkout, you find incentives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. $35,000 is the price. It is the price, yes. And then it says after incentives, twenty six nine fifty. And you think, great. That's where the bait 000. and switch starts happening. Yeah. yeah the, the main thing is not the federal tax credit. That's not what I'm worried about. It's the gas savings for $4,300 that they're <laughs> estimating over the next six years. They have averaged it out for most people's driving between ten and 15,000 miles a year and claiming mm-hmm. that you're saving this much. Well, you don't really get that $4,300 up front. You don't feel no, that. You can't no. go out to dinner and take a family vacation totally with that not. money. You, you don't didn't, see it. it. Here's the thing. When we drove that original Model S, the owner had owned an expedition prior, didn't think he could he could afford the Model True. S. And then he did True. the math and realized that the shortfall was about the difference he was going to save in gas coming from his Viet expedition. Now, that is a reality going forward. <laughs> but, made up. But, to, but to spin it the other way, though, it doesn't actually make the car cheaper. Exactly. You're not, so you're not exactly. spending less than thirty five grand. You're actually spending thirty five grand. But to their credit, you can go on the website. You did it. I did it. You can go on the website, and you wind up with a figure that says exactly thirty five thousand dollars. And as recently as like a quarter ago, Elon Musk was saying in the investor meetings, at least from the things that I read, he was saying they couldn't do it. They couldn't make it work without losing money. So I think it's interesting they figured out a way, and that way must relate to the other announcement. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's no longer going to be Tesla showrooms. They're killing the stores. It's going to be online ordering only. I saw where they would keep about uh, a handful, seven or so, okay. something like that, in high-traffic areas sure. where they're knowing they're going to get interest. There's a really fine. nice one here in Salt Lake. Is that going to go yeah. away? Because that's a, I mean, they retrofitted that and spent some money. I know. I kind of yeah. think they're going away, and that's where the money is coming from. They're actually probably going to get rid of sales staff, get rid of the buildings, sell them off, yeah, and that yeah. means those are no longer the place where you take delivery of your car. So my question to you is, now that you're online ordering only, how is your new car getting to you? I agree. Who's delivering it, and where do you pick it up? That's a great question. I'm sure he's thought of this. I'm, I'm sure, sure Tesla team has I'm thought sure, of this. Yeah. 
I yeah. He, but you don't have a dealer to go to. Where do you go for service? I did see a Tesla Ranger driving around Park City, by the way. Did you? Well, in of the Model you did. S. Yeah. But but where do you go for service? Because you don't have a central hub for that. It's going to be very interesting. So they're, yeah. they're getting rid of those. And then the other question, of course, that's raised is the test drive question. So since there will be yeah. no test drives, what they're going to do now is a difference is you have seven days or a thousand miles once you get your car delivered to you that you can return it for a full refund. So your first week of ownership is your test drive. Very interesting. I'm wondering about the depreciation that essentially Tesla is taking. Now, they're claiming, and they're probably right. I'll bet you they're 99% right that you're going to like it so much you're not going to send it back. Mm Mm-hmm. I bet you everybody who wants and orders a Tesla Model 3 is not going to say, you know what? I changed my mind. This is not what I thought it it's was. It's going to be yeah. a rare thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there might be family situations or financial things that will you know, prevent it from being a full 100%. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in that case, they're taking the depreciation on those now slightly used cars. Are they yeah, turning around yeah. and selling them for a discount? Are they taking the hit? Interesting. Possibly. And would you Possibly. buy a slightly driven Model 3? Or do you want it mm. fresh and new from mile zero? It's yours. You're also touching next to another question that I think is very interesting about this. Uh, by and large, I think this is only good news. I do. It, for people that want a Tesla, it's very good news. It is. But here's is. the weird part. This is the car that had, you know, we all read the news, the the most demand ever, 400 plus thousand mm, people yeah. on the wait list, blah, blah, blah. Tesla held firm on that number and said that their fall-offs were very small, very small percentage. They still had hundreds of thousands of people waiting, blah, 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 blah. They've made, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's like 150,000 of these cars so far. It's it maybe 200,000 on the high side. So if you run the numbers, that would mean there's at least 100,000 people in line ahead of you, according to what Tesla has held the line on. That clearly isn't the case because you can get online and order this right now and it says they'll be building it within two to four weeks or two to four months, I think. No, it's two to four weeks, isn't it? Two to four weeks. So that means there's nobody in line in front of you, folks. There's no one in line in front of you. That means (laughs) that the demand has already been met. Now, I'm not saying this is not a successful product. It obviously is. But that 400,000 people waiting in line clearly does not exist. And whatever people right. really wanted one have already bought one because otherwise Tesla would not offer this to you and say, we will have it to you within about a month. I guess my inner mirth comes from the fact that none of us wants a base car. The car industry. Uh-oh. Oh, we got to stop soon. That's the, the, the Tesla timer. The car industry thrives on upgrades. Every, every single automaker this, on the planet. Yeah. Th- Every car that is designed, the designers have to come up with at least three trim packages that are designed. And then what is this going to be for upmarket selling? And that's the entire point of dealerships, even Mm -hmm. though Teslas aren't sold in dealerships. But this is what the car industry thrives on is. And that is, hey, you want the upgraded thing? Yeah, the tax on more money. Because... We all want the upgraded whatever it is. Well, and that's true of the Teslas and everything else. You sit there in your $35,000 car, which, look, I'm impressed that they're offering it at all. But that, you, you want to add any color other than black. You want to get the nice wheels. <laughs> yeah, you're instantly stuff. the better part of forty grand. You want to add a little yeah. bit of distance. You're, you're adding two or $3,000. This is no different than any other car. You start adding packages, and boy, it goes up quick. I'm just very surprised they are pulling this off now since so recently they have said and others have, have assessed. I mean, Forbes and other places were assessing. They can't do this. They figured out a way to do it. But then they're killing the stores. Very interesting. Yeah. How is all of that going to be executed if you, the listener, goes and buys one right now? What are the steps that lead to having that car in your driveway? It's interesting news, 
The timer has gone. <laughs> we should move on. They just need to sell it in white because there's no pigment in white paint. It's even cheaper. I, they should have called. But isn't but isn't white actually an extra charge? Anyway, I'd have to get on the... the it, it is, yeah, unfortunately, anyway, but yeah. there's... Yeah. Anyway, all right. We've blown past the timer. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you for listening. We are uh, really pleased with the Griot's episode coming at you. It's, yeah. it's going to yeah, be a yeah. lot of fun. We've got a cool car debate for both Brandon in Phoenix, mm-hmm. and we've also got Benjamin in Cleveland, Ohio. We'll get to him after the break. He is uh, looking for his first new car because he and his girlfriend are currently sharing a Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. But it's time for him to have his first brand new car. And hopefully also a fun car while we're yeah. at it. He has some decent budget. budget, too, which is going to be great. But we are going to start with Brandon writing to us in Phoenix. He's never owned a sports car. He's still not necessarily sports car buying, but he's at least looking for something he could describe as hot. He's never <laughs> right, had a hot right. car. He's 34, married. He has two girls, one four, one five. So they're just about to that step where they're moving into the small booster seats. Trust me, that frees up your world a lot. So yeah. he could maybe go with a 2 plus 2, but the current garage is his wife's 2014 QX60 all-wheel drive hybrid, which is staying, and his 08 Maxima, which means you like Nissan product. So you have both of those. <laughs> the, the, Max, the Maxima's going to go. He has a, a he gives Paul a hard cap ceiling of $35,000. So, we'll work on that. Yeah, we'll, of we'll course you are. So he, so he wants to have hard. back seats for sure. He could maybe go two plus two because the girls are, are still small enough uh, that that can work. And they aren't going to be in the big seats with missiles anymore. So that helps too. Mm-hmm, exactly. All right. Well, he asks us. What about the Chevy SS? He's been pretty zoned in on this car. Well, it makes sense. He said his dream car growing up was an E39 M- M5, which mm-hmm. is the M5, I think. Mm-hmm. When most of us think M5, we think that car. Isn't that funny? And the and the Chevy SS, I submit to you, is the modern <laughs> incarnation of that car. Nobody thinks high-maintenance V10 M5. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You could get one of those for your thirty-five thousand dollars budget, by the way, Brandon. But I, I, I shudder to think. I shudder to think what the maintenance yes. cost would be on that. All right. Well, he's saying the twenty fourteen SSs are getting into the high twenties, mm-hmm. and he wants to check out the Cadillac ATSV and the CTSV Sport, but he doesn't go want to go back to the prior generation, which is fine. I can see that, I can and see I'm that. glad you've got the driving homework kind of. Yeah. You're you're already settled in and and know what you want to go drive. He's afraid of European stuff because of the maintenance repair costs, especially mm-hmm. BMW <clears throat> Formula One drive V10s. Yeah, let's do that one and for sure. 8250 RPM redline. I'll give you one. If you're gonna if you're gonna spend BMW money, <laughs> let's spend a fraction of your thirty five thousand dollar budget. Let's go buy an old eight fifty with the V twelve. Because that car is probably only going to cost you ten grand, but that remaining twenty five thousand you'll probably spend just keeping it running. But you've got a V twelve. Manual transmission V12. Can you imagine? Yeah, I can't. He actually doesn't want a manual because he wants his wife to be able to drive it. Yeah, true. But if we're just going to spend just silly money, (laughs) I could even get sillier than the Phaeton for our friend Brandon. I'm going with the 850. That's actually not reality. You know what? Look, I'm going to go back to your question, Brandon. What about the SS? Yes. Get it. Absolutely. I don't see a problem. That that absolutely would solve your problem. I, I have got other ideas as well, but I think the Chevy SS is a fantastic choice. Drive one and see what you think about driving it around your area in Phoenix. You've asked about magnetic ride control. Look, that is a revelation on every car they put it on. I think if you can spend the extra money to get one with the magnetic ride control, you should. Do you need it? The first one we ever drove did not have it. Now, I drove one on track later that did. I prefer it. But the first one we ever drove did not have it. It was still great. I think if you're going to do a lot of back road stuff where you're pushing hard, 
you should really shop for the magnetic ride control. I agree. If it's not going to be otherwise, transform things. I think you're going to be fine without it. I agree. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, European cars, obviously we love them. I can definitely hear you from the standpoint of, look, I, I just want the thing, the, the, the peace of mind more than anything. Even mm-hmm, though we can mm-hmm. prove and have the discussion about reliability and maintenance and you'd be fine, I truly believe that. I'll stay away from them. I I will. It's okay. totally fine. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's kind of thinking that if uh, if he should get this magical Phaeton or BMW 850 or <laughs> sure. anything newer, anything terrible, he, he that would we're be on the yeah. Christmas card list of his mechanic. And oh yeah, for, for sure he would. You know, maybe invite to cocktail parties that his yes. mechanic is throwing. Well, and, and, in his and honor. certainly his kid's graduation that yes. he paid for. Yeah, that would happen for sure. All right, so I do like your ATSV. I was looking at 2016 Cadillac ATSVs, maybe okay. the coupe, because you also said coupes are in play. Even though manual transmission is off the table, coupes are in play because the kids are about to transition up to booster seats, so two mm. doors are fine. Yeah. Got to have yeah. a decent back seat. And uh, he hasn't test-driven anything yet, and leaning towards two of my favorites for this category. Okay. And okay. they are the RC350 Lexus. Okay, sure, sure. Think of this as you want the M3, and you're not going to get the M3 because you're going Lexus and you want <laughs> what you're talking about. You want yeah. that reliability, that peace of mind. Not that M3s are you know janky, broken down by the side of the road. They're not. But I take your point, yeah. Or in keeping with this you know Nissan love, mm-hmm. I went and found you one. Now, it's not the prior generation Q60s, or what they used to be called the G35 Coupes, yeah, yeah, but it yeah. is the 2018 Q60 Infiniti 3.0, luxe version rear-wheel drive, 6,000 miles for 379 Oh, you broke now, the I budget. Know, I, yeah. I did. You broke the budget, but I see you're, you're, you're feeding the Infiniti love, though. I'm, I see that. I'm yeah. pushing on this okay. just a tiny bit because your wife has the QX60. What if you had the Q60? But then we end How up with an all-Infiniti garage. I know. I just... I, 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 agree. I don't have to look at it, I guess, but Brandon, I'm just not a fan of the all-one-brand garage. At least it's not two cars of the same make. It isn't two of the same model, car. You're right about that regard. That is that is the bridge way too far. Yeah. But I'm I'm just saying. Yeah, okay. All right. They're All right. liking it. He had that 08 Maxima. The Maxima's going away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do wish the Maxima were more enthusiast-focused. I wish the Maxima I were really the competitor do. to these cars we're talking about. Yeah. It should be their rear-wheel drive sedan for the family. I know it started. Look, I know when yeah, it started with the four door sports car, it started as front wheel drive. But I wish they would just. It, they've got, loved it the they've got to separate it from the Altima. Why not make it their rear wheel drive platform car? I don't know that they make a rear wheel drive four door sedan. I'll, I'll give them a freebie. Let's put the running gear of the GTR with only the rear axle running. You put the engine. Detuned, make it a 400 horsepower version of the of the GTR engine. I mean, that's the 400 Red Sport. You're talking essentially about the Q50, yeah. yeah, essentially, which you could get. But why not do that for the Maxima? Yeah. Why not make yeah. the Maxima a sister car to that Q50 sedan? It exists. The running gear all exists. It does. I mean. The, the, and let's talk about badge engineering at of that course, point. Like, yes. okay, you just switch but, the badges. But the and, Maxima and the Ultima overlap so much that, uh, anyway, we've talked about it before. Yeah, I know. I'm frustrated with that. I mean, otherwise, I'm looking at things in the Mazda 6 category, things like that. But I want you uh, to have sure. the rear-wheel drive sure. I do too. Yeah. feeling. I want you to have that, you know, kind of good-sized sedan. 
But the coops, I keep coming back to the coops, and that's where my headspace is at. Okay. So for okay. that reason, I'm liking an all infinity garage. <laughs> I'm I'm liking it. I mean, I I see that not lasting. Maybe your wife wants to upgrade to something else. Maybe it's her turn next time to get the car. Yeah, you guys, yeah, yeah. you know, check out some other five seater, you know, kind of SUV, something like that. But I'm st- I'm doing my best to stay away from the Germans. Okay. Honestly, good job. Good job. Brandon, the thing I think is interesting here is that you make a comment where you've been into cars since the seventh grade when your dad gave you a Motor Trend subscription. Great parenting on the part of your dad there. I love that. And what I find interesting is that's the beginning of your car love in your history, but your dream car has always been this M5. You're not a guy, clearly, that has lusted after the weird, crazy-looking sports cars. I was always lusting after the crazy-looking sports cars. I now own a Lotus Elise, okay? Mm -hmm. So since you've been lusting after sedans, I think you probably want a hot sedan. That clearly speaks to that history for you. I actually like your RC350 recommendation, Paul. I think that's excellent. I really do like that a lot. Yeah, I just touched on that. I haven't really expounded, and I did find them. Can't get the RCF for that budget. You can't. But the 350 is still compelling, though. Believe me, I tried. I worked the numbers. I worked the model years. Came back to the RC350. I like it. The Chevy SS, I think, is a great one for you. I have a couple others I want to mention. I went looking at the current brand-new Genesis G70. Mm. Okay, mm. It's what we're talking about. It's the idea we're talking about, except the problem is they start like the bottom of the barrel is thirty-five grand, yeah. and they go up. Yeah, they, they're only so, going up from there. So then I sidestepped okay. because it shares parts with the slightly larger Kia Stinger, and those have been out long enough that my friend Brandon, they're out there. You can go buy yourself a Kia Stinger. That's a great for point. For thirty-five thousand, automatic, which is what you want. The G70, of course, comes manual, but the Stinger in automatic, rear-wheel drive. Essentially, it's sharing engines and architecture with that G70. Yeah, you anyway. can find the GT1s for that price. Yes, for sure. I found a lot of them actually. Mm-hmm. I found I found them between twenty-five and thirty-five, but where some of the thirty-five thousand dollar ones were brand new. Like brand new, go no get it. It's thirty two grand. Come get it. It's brand new. It's got eight miles. That's Some compelling. of the ones at like twenty eight thousand uh, were running like, oh, it's got eight thousand miles on it. Okay, were they GT ones or GT twos? They were the they were the GT ones. They were the base. Okay, okay, but still, it's a rear wheel drive, big family sedan. Kia's done a really good job on that. That allows you to do a lot of what the Genesis G seventy does, slightly larger and cheaper. I mean, those have the the powerful engine. Yeah. The the ones down from that have the less. Less power. I mean, you're still getting twin turbo at the GT1 level. Well, but even if you get the even if you get the base engine here, you're you're running competitively to the Genesis G70. Now, yeah. the the Chevy SS is where the power is. It's where the power and dynamics really are. But I'm just trying to give you options. And then I I I, I have to say it. We just talked about it. Tesla Model Three. Interesting. You, you don't get you know big growly engine. That's not that's not in the equation here. You don't get big growly engine, but. I, I did. I, I actually priced one today, and it came out thirty-five thousand dollars. And I could have hit I mean, order. They have That's the to base do one. that. Yes, it's the base they, one. They finagled it. You, you certainly could. You know, you could run that equation of well, I'm going to save a lot on gas, and so you add, I don't know, add something that adds two grand. But I, I'm going off the reservation a little bit from the stuff you've asked for. But at the same time, it's there. It exists now. You have the money for it. If you're looking for a fun rear-wheel drive family sedan, I wouldn't buy the Model 3 for dynamics, but there's a fun factor there, and there's a intrigue factor there that I think is worth at least looking into. In fact, you're in Phoenix. I that bet you interesting, somebody though. in Phoenix has got a Model 3 on Turo. 
Good point. Good point. Get one for the day and just see, is this me? Because your budget says it could be. I mean, again, you're right in the base, but yeah. maybe that's all you need. And maybe that's Who the knows? sweet spot. Who knows? Maybe Tesla will will catch on with finally the $35,000 electric car. And that's they're it's not, just car. They're not having trouble selling them already. So I think I it only a helps. Ton yeah. around parts. Yeah, yeah, that's actually sure. not bad. I think I think it's an interesting alternative. It's not the big bruiser, you know, your traditional. The SS is, is the closest thing to that BMW. Yeah, love. but it's still the rear-wheel drive, but, which is pretty but, cool. Exactly. But you're still dealing with rear-wheel drive. It's got power. It's interesting. It's going to feel futuristic, so mm. it's a thought. It's a thought. Hmm. Like it. All right. Well, thanks for writing to us. We really appreciate it, Brandon. If you've got your own car debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website and write to us there. Love to hear your comments, thoughts, suggestions, and uh, it's also a good place. Social media or, uh, well, social media obviously are for the uh, the questions. The I was just thinking for, yeah. for feedback, but totally, also yeah. send us, you know, hey, Topic Tuesday and also what you bought. We read it all. As well. We read it all. It's 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 a torrent of email at this point. We've asked for it. We're glad to have <laughs> it. So have. please keep sending them. Guys, we'll take a quick break. We're coming back. We're back with another car debate. This one for Cleveland, Ohio. I'm talking about you, Benjamin. We're writing for you. You're writing in saying you'd like your first new car. And while we're at it, let's make it a fun car. <laughs> Agreed. Well, he is beginning a commute no more than 40 miles round trip each day in the somewhat near future, he mm -hmm. says, when he moves into a house with his girlfriend, he needs to buy his car to undertake this new commute. Yes, because they've been sharing a car. Yes, they have. And the car you, you know, mentioned, maybe I mentioned before, it's a Volkswagen. Yep. But his girlfriend and he both grew up in Ford families as a matter of fact, her name is Shelby. Hi, Shelby. <laughs> that is a Ford family. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, her name is Shelby. And somehow, I can't, here's the thing. I can't believe, I'm just going to be tacky for a minute here. I can't believe, Benjamin, <laughs> that you and Shelby have been together and the two of you decide to buy and share a Volkswagen. Did you have a very stern conversation with her father? <laughs> Did he pull you aside? Quite did he, possibly. Did he pull her aside and say, Shelby, what are you doing with this guy that's got you buying I'm a Volkswagen? both of the above. Honestly, did this yeah. happen? But anyway, so apparently huh. you, you, you've weathered that storm because you're now getting a house together. So congratulations on that. <laughs> but that actually means you're going to have a commute. You have a, uh, a currently garage 1997 Mustang GT because, again, Ford family. At least you have one. Garaged But that's not going to be that's not going to be your daily car. You're looking for a daily car. You'd like to have a little bit of fun and you since you have this uh this commute, you also have a good job. So yeah. we have about $45,000 to spend to get you something fun. And you Shelby keeps kind of gra gravitating back toward let's get another wagon, let's be sensible and you keep saying we have a Volkswagen to be sensible. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun, Benjamin. Let's do that. <laughs> I agree. Well, his first aspirational car was always a Focus ST. Interesting. Okay, yeah. And then they both discovered Volkswagen. They're hooked on VW. <laughs> I really want to know what the parents think of that, especially Shelby's parents. It's got to be a source of continual there, there's, irritation. There's been a stern talking to at some point. I'm telling you. Maybe, yeah. We'll, all right. We, we've got to know. We've got to know. Ben and Shelby, all right. <laughs> the first year out of college, they borrowed her parents' 08 Ford Fusion, drove Ford that families. into the ground. Yes. Dad took the Fusion back. Dad has the Fusion <laughs> You now. can't have it anymore. Fine. You're going Volkswagen. I'm taking that. There you go. And then they discovered this 2017 Volkswagen Golf Alltrack as her first new car. 
Okay. Yeah, they're cool. They are cool. They're do-it-alls. Can yeah. you put Shelby on the license tag? And I, I don't know. <laughs> Could be the put put Ford girl on the license tag. Yeah, That's what it needs to be go. on the back of the Volkswagen. There anyway, we yeah, we're now we're confused. All right. So they joke that her next car would be an A4 All-Road, which is the big brother of the All-Track. Okay, sure. Okay. So maybe, yeah. quite possibly. And this is the sensible 60-pound dog transporting drive to eastern Pennsylvania. Nice, sensible car. Yes. Let's, let's not be sensible, Benjamin. Let's get you a fun car. Let's be irresponsible. Of course. That's why you're listening. <laughs> you're not listening for good advice. You're listening for encourage my bad idea. That's really why we're here. Sorry. Go on. His uh, So far, he's um, the, the budget is surpassing the hot hatch aspirations. Mm-hmm. He requires a manual transmission. Good But for it's got to be this comfortable commuter that will be fun on weekends and make family and friends laugh when he floors it. Good. Turbos equal laughter. Just yes. saying. Turbo yes. Fun equals for sure. the ha ha. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. that again. They, they've they've driven the Golf R, and they've driven the new current Mustang GT. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they liked both of those. They've also considered the BMW 2 Series or the Genesis G70, which we already just talked about. But he doesn't want a big car. He wants something small. I think it's interesting that Shelby is kind of gravitating toward the Golf R, and he's going. But we have. The golf over there. Why get? I, and I actually fully agree with you, Benjamin. Let's get something different. Have a couple cars for you here. But what do you have for for Ben? Mm, I've got uh, many ideas here. He says his budget is about forty five thousand dollars. Yeah. The key word is, is about. Uh, oh no! Oh no! You'd never never say about to Paul. There's got to be a limiter on it's, there somewhere. It's not Otherwise, a range. Your forty five is now. It's eighty. I don't know how that happened, but it's eighty now. <laughs> See, it's eighty. Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm thinking if you're already thinking six fifty to seven hundred dollars a month, which is what forty five thousand dollars equates to, Uh-oh. roughly. Uh oh, where'd you go? We can do things with that. Okay. okay. I'm 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 braced. I like your golf R idea. Dig it. I mean, okay. then yeah. they would be the all Volkswagen. No, please don't. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> We've got Brandon as the all infinity crew. Yeah. And then uh, Ben and Shelby's the all Volkswagen, maybe. And so that was my kicking off point there because I thought, all right, I'm going to leave that as my wild card. Okay. I think you could consider the Civic Type R because you said commute and you Mm -hmm. also said fun when you floor it. 306 horsepower, Mm -hmm. manual transmission, embrace the wingitude Mm -hmm. and buy yourself a Civic Type R. I have two cars on my list, and that's one of them. No kidding. The Civic Type R. Because I think, here's the thing that's a car that you're going to love commuting in. It's going to be simple to commute in. People might point and laugh because it has that ridiculous wing, but you know what? Embrace the point and laugh. <laughs> what, it, laugh at what? When, they, when sure. they point at you, point at the wing yourself. Like, yeah, I know. Can you believe it? That's the wing on my. That actually came from the factory like that. <laughs> now, pardon me while I blow by you and have more fun on you than you're having. Exactly. Because that car so is. So great at commuting, though. That car, yes. When we had it, we drove it across Los Angeles a couple times to get to our location. It was the place to be. But then when it was on a back road, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm all about it. I've got the M240i on my list as well because Ben mentioned he prefers a new car. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We're talking new cars here. Mm-hmm. For sure. So for 45-ish, about somewhere in there, your payments will be about $700 plus a month. BMW 240i. Let me point out the fact that the Civic Type R is less than forty grand out the door. It is. That's a, that's and a lot I of think car it's for the money. It's going to be more fun for it's, what you're it's looking It's going to be more for. like laughter-inducing. I agree with that. Yes. Yeah. 
But there's this wild card that's sitting out here for me. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. It's not a manual, and unfortunately, that is Audi's fault. Uh Uh-oh. All right. It stays in the Volkswagen family. Yeah, I think I know where you're going. Keep going. (laughs) It isn't the S3. It's the 2018 RS3 with 10,000 miles for 52.9. Really? If we're already in the monthly payment world, it's no money. <laughs> it's no money. It's the British auctioneer, I forget oh, his name, who, no. who auctions cars for gooding. Yeah. It's no money. Yeah. What's another $10,000? Well, it's not 10, but it's yeah. about eight, I seven, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. 52.9. I bet you they take maybe 51.7, somewhere in there. <laughs> you are really splitting <laughs> it tonight. I know. And you have yourself that's hysterical. an RS3. 10,000 okay. miles is no miles. It's no miles. No miles. Yeah. Whatsoever. No money and no miles. It's Got it. It's pretty much brand new and you have yourself an RS3. But like I said, it's Audi's fault that they're not giving us a manual in the RS3 in North America. Yeah, fair. That is the problem. Fair, fair. So that could be why you discount this choice immediately and you go buy yourself a Golf R, which is fine. Yeah, but... Don't buy the Golf R. You're too close to the Golf R yeah, already. Yeah. I, I like both of those options. I think the the 240 is actually very surprisingly compelling. But I, I feel it like yeah. I feel like there's a car that's been overlooked here. And Ben, I don't understand why. Hmm. You've got forty five thousand dollars to spend. You're a Ford guy. You've mm-hmm. always wanted a Focus ST. Yeah. Focus RS. <laughs> Focus RS. Foc- By the way, foc- why, They're why, not why are we not leading either. with Focus RS? Good why point. is that not the beginning of this discussion? Ford history, you wanted a Focus ST. Let me do you one better. Focus RS. You want a cackle when people are riding with you? Done. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I, I can see I, that. I, I, now, now, I will admit, everybody, ourselves included, that have driven this car, um, it has an aggressive suspension setting. And then if, you, yeah, if, if that's not yeah. enough, it has a more aggressive setting. It has I mean, drift mode, by the like, way, Ben. Like the, the soft setting is harder than most cars in the sports setting. And then it has a sports setting beyond that that is designed for, uh, I think, tracks that uh, don't exist on Earth, okay? Tracks that are more glassy than spa, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, my, I my, like this idea, though. My understanding well. is that the Focus well. RS set a better lap time on the ring in the standard suspension setting because the sport track setting was too hard to handle that track fast. The point here, though, is... Interesting, yeah. What's your commute like? Mm. This can be an aggressive suspension. I am I am almost striking it too hard against it because, to be honest, I'm a guy that likes a sports car. I put it in the normal setting. was fine with it. Sure. The, the aggressive sure. setting on most of the back roads, too much. But the normal setting, fine. Focus RS is the laughter car you want here. Hmm. Turbocharged goodness. $45,000, just go buy one. Buy somebody's car they had for six months. Save yourself some money. Walk away with the Focus RS. Be happy. That's actually my, my big takeaway from the night. Focus <laughs> RS, be happy. Ben, I think it checks all the boxes. That or the Civic Type R, I think you should drive both of those because I think one of those is your car. And I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to challenge you and Shelby. If Shelby says, you're not really going to buy a car with that wing, are you, about the Civic Type R, I think that might decide it right there. You've got to buy the car with the wing because, it's got, because it balances the all-track. You see what I'm saying? It does. But Golf is it super does. stayed. It's super ignorable. And next to it. Yes. But, of course, the Focus RS does that too. This is the reason you can't get the Golf R. Because they're both just mm. kind of cars you don't notice. They're, they're not – nothing wrong don't with them. Don't notice the Civic they're Type R. They're just cars you don't notice. But the Civic Type R or the crazy blue Focus RS, whoever you move in next to is going to be like, that's a cool car. 
Ooh, Shelby, you could buy Ben a drift stick for Christmas, like the accessory, so he can <laughs> go drifting. And I'll, I'll just give a little wild card from me, and that is since you're Ford people, you could get a used GT350. Shelby could have a Shelby in the family. She'd have to learn for to drive stick. 45? Used. First gen. First, first year, used. 2016? 20... Stick shift. They're out there. Hmm. I'm just saying, how, how look, how proud, Shelby, would your dad be? And Ben, how proud would your future father-in-law be if you taught your future wife? Hmm. I'm, look, I'm, I'm throwing lots of rakes into the room right now. But if you, if you taught Shelby how to drive stick in a Shelby GT350, would you be a hero? This is why it's my wild Ooh. card for you. Ooh. But why not? All would be forgiven. Why not? They'd ignore the folks. What? What's in the Who cares? That's my wild card for you because I think it, it checks other boxes. But uh, anyway, focus RS. <laughs> All right. Jump into questions. Thank you both for writing in, by the way. Definitely. We're jumping to questions here. Uh, let's see here. Looking at a question from Songoro Con. I can't pronounce it. Okay. Move Songoro on. Kasongo. Okay. Take Best it. commuter car Econobox for daily triples. <laughs> now, caveat. Whichever road you can get away with it. It's Disclaimer, not the car. caveat. You it's know, location. We, don't, um, we encourage obeying the speed limit. <laughs> and the, except for the places that you can find where you go over the speed limit. Except yeah. for, yeah. You know, Focus RS is up there. Civic Type R. They hit them easily. Yeah. They're this both is, kind of Econoboxes. This is this is a much more a location question than a car question, though. It really is. Yeah. And if you have kind of an underpowered Econobox, just find a hill. Downhill with tailwind? <laughs> yeah. 100. Yeah. Get your, you know, get your honey for the day and you're good. There's a there's a downhill near us off of I-80. You know where I'm talking about. It's very bumpy oh, downhill. Yeah. yeah. Because of that downhill, except for the extreme bumpiness, you can get any car to daily triple on that downhill. Come around the corner, at red line, and come around the corner, and, and off you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come around the corner at speed. The problem is, it is so bumpy that you may destroy the car for those reasons, but not because of speed. It is really about location hey, on that, though. Hey, all right. What question? Uh, NC Brew eighteen on Facebook. No, that sorry, that's Instagram. He asked a question. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this very quickly, and then we're gonna answer it further in a month or so when we actually do launch this year's pilgrimage trip. He said. Would going on the pilgrimage trip with no track experience be a bad idea? Oh, excellent question. Now, there's going to be a bigger breakdown here, but there are two major trips we're aware of. Ours from the U.S., by the way. Ours and one from Ross Bentley, who does Speed Secrets. Now, Ross Bentley is a fantastically accomplished track instructor. He has got a great partnership with RSR. I have honestly not one single bad thing to say about his trip. Oh, yeah. He does a fantastic trip. Absolutely. But he does a trip for people with track experience. And Ted, who has gone on our trip every time we've done it, he's done our trip and he's done Ross's trip. And I actually asked him, I said, Ted, let me know. Tell me exactly the differences because I don't want to assume anything. And one Mm -hmm, of the big mm -hmm. things Ted said is if you are a person who has not done tracking before or wants to go, is this for me, you don't have experience, it's our trip you want to be on. Absolutely. The first year we did it, we had Tyler 
who had never, <laughs> ever been to a racetrack before, let alone driven on a racetrack before, and his first day ever on a track was was an M235 on Spa. First day ever. We all joked to them. We said, buddy, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> it's like, sorry, you're starting at the top. Seriously, it's all a buddy. slide from here. But but the key thing <laughs> to keep your in mind here, from here on out. <laughs> the thing to keep in mind here is we put you in cars with instructors' right seat, and those instructors have seen people, literally, I'm not kidding, sometimes people come to Germany and they don't have a driver's license, and they want to get on these tracks. Mm. They've had this experience yeah. before. They take people of all driving abilities. If you are, have, do not have track experience, you can come on our pilgrimage trip. It is designed for people, everything from I've never been on track to we've had guys come that have raced Pikes Peak. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Come. You will have a great time. Instructor right seat. That is your insurance policy. They will guide you through. You would have a blast. Well, I mean, for us, looking at those tracks from North America, from the U.S., we're thinking those are exotic fruit. Sure, true. For people because that they're live away. near yeah, them yeah. or live in Germany or Belgium right there, those are tracks just like we have tracks here. True. There's plenty true, true. of first-timers going on those tracks. Yeah, that's a great point. As evidenced by all the ring videos on YouTube with the tourist infartant. Yes, the ring's the worst. Those are the first-timers right there. Well, and that's the worst because then you can treat it like it's an amusement park and you show up in your yeah. little hatchback you got yesterday and you drove since the day before and you pay your money and you go, I'll figure this out. Don't do that. We don't exactly. do that to you. You're in the car with an instructor and a helmet and prepared and, and, and you will have a blast. Specific track time, bring it. Yeah, we're going to announce that very, very soon. I'm really looking forward to that. It's happening this year. All right, so turning to design, Instagram question from Brian DY asking about me casting my designer's eye on the new Janetta supercar and explain why it's making his bleed. <laughs> okay. Yes, if you, look, if you look this up, Janetta has come out with a brand new supercar that mm -hmm. is rather sharp and pushing the boundaries of what kind of parts can pop out of the mold. <laughs> oh, there's a surprise. Let's, let's leave that alone. Let's push I like the, that. Okay, that won't come out. That's too far, guys. That's too sharp. <laughs> that won't pull out of the tool. Now, Genetic can get away with this because they have a long history, but they don't have necessarily a corporate look. Mm, fair, and they're a fair. boutique car manufacturer, so they can kind of try stuff, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And they've come out with this really quite interesting and crazy design. Just look up Janetta Supercar. There have been many uh, articles written about this so far. And it's a contender. Extreme lightweight. A CNC aluminum block. Mm, wow. I, I mean, they're doing it right. They're, they're keeping with the Janetta ethos, which is just super lightweight. And they're really paying a lot of attention to aerodynamics. And I believe that's a lot of what is driving the design here. Mm -hmm. Because they are so light that they've got to have a lot of downforce, even for their road-going cars. And they're they're taking, looking at a lot of their, um, the things they did to their LMP3 car mm. and pulling from that to create the now supercar that could be a, a real alternative to the McLarens, the Ferraris. You want we'll something that you're going to track all the time? Mm, mm. Welcome to this Janetta. But it's nuts. It's crazy. <laughs> you can slice stuff with it. <laughs> it's going to cut paper. It's going to cut you. <laughs> It's all bad. I like it, though. Thanks for that. Uh, let's see. There's so many questions that are good. Let me see which ones I want to tackle. Um, you know what? Charlie K's question. Charlie K NYC on Instagram. When shopping for new or recent model cars, how much are we concerned with the safety ratings? 
Oh. Does it concern us? And his point mm. is cars have gotten so much safer in the last 10, 15 years. Can't we say that there's a general baseline where cars are just kind of generally safe? Charlie, first off, I want to say this is a very personal thing because we've bumped into people that have written to the show who are – they have certain standards for it. must get this many stars in these categories or I will not consider it. I can't argue that against anybody. If that's what you want, that's fine. Once you've gotten into a world of airbags, things have become much, much safer in general, and I agree mm. with that. Mm. One thing I want to caution you on – if you're looking at ratings, because I'm not tied to these ratings. I, I, I agree with you. I think generally cars are a certain level of safe. But I drive a Lotus Elise, and my ankles are in front of the axles, okay? <laughs> and every now and then I drive that car, and I just think, if this goes wrong, it goes horribly wrong. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So I, I'm not the guy to be your, your, your litmus test on, I drive a really safe – I drive a, I drive a, a flea. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you do, and, and I am aware it. of the fact that it is a. I am part of the crumple zone, so I am not a good me- metric for this. But having said that, if a car doesn't get the rating that you want it to get, if it gets a lower rating than you'd like it to have, dig into why. Mm-hmm. And here's the point I want to make: the current Mustang, Tom drove it and had a just an incredibly fun time in it. Okay, but yet if you look in the comments there, and other people have said this. Some people in Germany or in Europe talk about it being a death trap because of its safety ratings, because okay, of the end cap okay, rating. Okay. Another one that's talked about in the same sentence is the Jeep Wrangler, which also gets a bad end cap rating. I'm talking like a one or two star. If you dig into what some of these ratings are about, the Jeep, for example, gets a really bad score because there is a current thing on the – and I'm going to get this a little bit wrong, but there's a current thing on the end cap ratings where it's required to have automatic emergency braking. And if it doesn't have automatic emergency braking, and some cars just don't have that, it instantly is in like the one-star category. So then I go to, wait, wait, wait a minute, hang on. So the car's not unsafe. It's just I, as a driver, have to be involved. Okay, okay. But that's the standard. So look into why a car did not meet the standard you're looking for and take that under advisement and then decide you're crazy like me and drive a car that's going to be a crumple zone. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Question from A. McFarlane about used performance cars. And he's asking, you know, new cars becoming more complex, and they already are, more isolated and catering to the least crowd, that he's afraid with so much technology, these cars will just be as unwanted as a four-year-old iPhone or, you know, the (laughs) fireworks video you took at last year's July 4th. Nobody looks at that. (laughs) I'm going to treasure it forever. I don't think so. I think we're in the sweet spot, and I think it will continue because... Hmm. The industry and service is evolving with the the cars. It's not like, you know, mechanics are just, you know, looking at carbureted cars and going, okay, I'm, I'm not working on anything past that. <laughs> no, they've got a lot of training and yeah, a yeah. lot of diagnostic tools, and they're able to do a lot, as a matter of fact. I mean, tuning shops alone can do amazing things. So I don't think that's a, a reason to gravitate towards less complex cars necessarily mm-hmm. we're already there yeah, that ship is pretty much a sailed, decade yeah. or two are very complex yeah i remember looking at your nissan 300z and thinking yeah. wow how do we work on this well but starting at 97 is obd2 
That was when it became a standard right. OBD2 ports, right. and those are still in cars now. Pretty much from then on, guess what? The computer runs the car. Pretty much. Unless yeah. you're buying older than that, that's what's happening. I think we're in the sweet spot now of used performance cars. Maybe. I mean, you think of a two-year-old Jaguar F-Type or yeah. you know stuff like that that's like, wow, they're, they're low-priced in consideration of what they used to cost. Yeah. This is actually a great thing. I wonder if in 20, 30 years, those cars are going to do the turnaround that the that the 90s cars are doing now, and they're mm. inexplicably expensive again. Here's a, a base F-Type, but it's got six miles on it, and it's going for You've got to be kidding. I wonder if that's going to happen. Well, only if they have a Ferrari or a Porsche badge on it, really. Well, maybe, but I mean, we got weird things like S2000s and 240Zs and Supras that are getting money that makes no sense. I'm just wondering if this stuff all bit. takes yeah, a turn. Quite possibly. We'll quite we'll possibly. See. We'll see if the F-Type is even that interesting or not. But <laughs> somebody rolls out an 06 Aston Martin Vantage and gets some ridiculous amount for it because it's sat in mothballs, which quick, would be weird. buy the Vantages, quick. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Shane Addy had a question that I'm I'm going to kind of answer. But because it's a great question. He said, any updates on track days and meetups across the country? Mm. Shane, we're talking about this. I'm going to be very transparent. In fact, I'm going to tell you something that, that Paul and I were just talking about today. I can't give you details yet, but I'm going to give you, we have three major things we need to work around. Now, by the way, I'm excluding the fact that we have to work around, I don't know, shooting television. That has to happen. But, oh, that. But yes. we aren't going to do a feature film this year because I – don't have the bandwidth. And we did a Corvette one in case you haven't noticed. So that's available everywhere. But Yeah, I don't I don't know that the feature length film is happening. We've talked about ideas. We're talking but, about maybe every other year now. Yeah. And also we have got to move them so they don't release at the same time as a TV season because whoever's idea that was, by the way, is mine, is a terrible <laughs> idea. So we're not doing that again. Yeah. Uh, it hurts too bad. But no, we have uh, three major events we're talking about that are like schedule events this year. We have the pilgrimage trip, which is going to happen late September, early October. Mm -hmm. We're talking about doing another Utah meetup with track day and driving and that kind of stuff. And that's going to be, looks to be in August. Details are TBD on that. And then we were just talking today about the fact that when we hit podcast 400, we're talking about doing some sort of live podcast event recording here in Utah. So it would be two Utah events and a Europe event. We've got to get those locked down. And like positioned on the calendar and then look at where the holes are. And I suspect, and this is you and I literally talking about this right now live, I suspect <laughs> it would be late summer, early fall. I would love to do – I'd like to do something east of the Mississippi. Well, there's been a lot of people asking us yes. for something Atlanta-based yes. or East Coast-based or yes. something like that, which we are definitely considering. We know we need to. Mm -hmm. we've, for we've sure. Done we the, want uh, to, yeah. The uh, Audubon mm -hmm. Country Club in uh, Illinois. And yep. uh, gosh, we've done – Stuff on the West Coast, but yeah, we need to do the East Coast thing, and it's definitely in our minds. So hopefully we'll find something, but we have to, I honestly have to get, well, I'm almost done with season four editorial. We're going to start shooting season five, but there'll be a lot of kind of those kind of scheduling things locked in. The pilgrimage trip will go live. That stuff will happen, and we can get a better sense of the rest of the year. Kind of a fun question on Facebook from Olin R., who was inspired by our recent talk of the doctor's garage, and that was oh, referring yeah. to the group of orthopedic surgeons here in yep. Park yep. City and Salt Lake. There were four of them, and they told their wives, well, girlfriends at the time in college, that when they started earning real money, they were going to pool their money and start mm -hmm. buying mm -hmm. hot stuff. They went through their Ferrari phase. They went through a Porsche phase. <laughs> uh, I think they're in the BMW, the 1973 BMW 3.0 CSL cars They're in right the now. old phase, yeah. And well, then some older Porsches. 
they they went through a Porsche phase right when Porsches were blowing up, 911s were blowing up, and they ended yeah. up, this was very interesting to me, ended up selling off a lot of them because the cars got too precious. And a lot of the guys that were the Porsche guys originally, these, these were the guys that had the, sorry, I'm going to say it again, 911-997 GT3 RS40. They had that car, okay? That's why it was in our film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they even sold that car because what they told us, and maybe this was incorrect and it's changed, but they told us at the time, all those cars had become worth so much, they were scared to drive them. And so they sold all those cars kind of at top of the market because they, they realized they were becoming precious with them. And now they're into, like you said, a BMW phase. Nice problem to have. <laughs> Going through phases of car collection. Yeah. Anyway, I like having cars with tires on them. I mean, call me <laughs> Just, crazy, but it's all relative. Yeah, Cars that are paid for are yeah. actually kind of fun. All right, so the question is, to help finance just a purely fun car, he and his friend were conspiring to Turo this car. So therefore, what is the Ooh. perfect car to put on Turo? Not to mm. go rent, but to own and then Turo out so you can actually afford it yourself. Something you're okay with having beat on? I hate yeah. to say it, but let's be honest. Well, he's, his criteria are appealing to a wide audience. Maybe, you know, older drivers looking for Sunday cruise. Maybe younger couples he's saying on a special date or a special event, something like that, or just us, all of us, driving enthusiasts, everybody listening <laughs> Yeah, for yeah, Canyon yeah. stuff and that kind of thing. And then, of course, relatively inexpensive to fix and maintain. Mm -hmm. You will definitely have to detach yourself from any precious feeling towards big it time. because big time. wheel scuffs are a big deal, I've found out, with Turo owners. They're, yes. a, they're a huge issue. Yes. If you Turo something, please take photos of all the wheels, yeah. inspect them like crazy because yeah. the curb rash is a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And it probably would be to you too. Of course, yeah. I mean, that's an expensive thing to continually fix or it, it's ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you could go for some kind of hot sports car because then you've got it, but you've got to actually... Turo it mm -hmm, to be mm -hmm. able to afford the monthly payments. Yeah. So you've got to get it out there. So what is that? It's going to be something slightly exotic that people are looking for. Caymans, some BMWs, M3s, that I think, kind of thing. I think Boxsters, C7 Corvettes, and Miatas. Miatas, yes. There's a ton of Miatas mm -hmm. out there. So you'd have to compete against price or mm -hmm. the fact that it's newer and maybe it's an RF or something kind of unique that's the other thing is a unique special kind of thing yeah good for you to own but then it's got it's gonna get beat up it just is it is yeah that's the sad part for sure yeah it's it's one of those things we could we could go into a longer list i like yeah. jags i like the miatas i like yeah seriously caimans put caimans up that would get but I think boxers are better than Caymans because I think if you're on vacation, and well, a probably because you're going to think thing. we should get a convertible. Yeah, I think that's why, and that's why the C7 works because it's got the lift out top, and the then the Miata as well. Yeah, it's it's the couples that are on a vacation and they just go, we should rent something fun. Granted, how many of them also know about Turo? But I think that's why those move, and then you still end up with a sports car you can drive yourselves, guys. Wondering about a four C. Wondering about Alpha four C. I've seen them. I've seen them on there. I've seen them in Vegas and I've seen them in LA. Yeah. The, the problem with the 4C is that I think to make it work, you have to, to charge a, a, a higher price than you would for some of the others, and you might not get as many renters, but it's a very cool idea. 
Uh, Michael asked a question on Facebook. I don't know how well I'm going to unpack this, but he's saying, how old was my son when he first rode in the Lotus? Uh, well, when I first got it. So he would have been, what, seven? Seven-ish. So, uh, yeah. and he loved Seven it. And Did he ride in the front passenger seat of the FRS? Uh, yes, in the last few months before I sold it, I had him ride. Well, here's what I would do with the FRS. He rode in the back until we would go on a fun drive. Mm-hmm. And then when we got onto the back road in the fun drive, I would pull over and I would have him hop in the front seat so he could see out. Because he was, right. by the way, he was booster seat at that point. So, and my son's fairly tall. So, with the booster seat, he could get the seat belt. Because that's what that's what you got to worry about. You got to get the seat belt in the right position across the collarbone. That's what the booster's for. So he was tall enough that that worked in the front seat. Uh, so I was already doing that with him in the last probably six months that we owned that car. And then the Lotus. Guess what? You're in the front seat. Uh, the, the, if you have to read the fine print, I've done this because I'm a dad. You have to read the fine print. <laughs> Most of the time, your local department of transportation is going to say that if you have a child and you have a back seat, it is better to put them in the back seat. They can't really require it. Mm. And they also – here's the bigger point of it that that I really think is universal. They can't require you to buy a car with a back seat because you decided to procreate. They can't require <laughs> that. So if you have a two-seat car, guess what? Your child is in the front seat. This works in Miatas. It works in Lotuses. You have to be careful of the side airbag, passenger side airbag. Uh, I love having my son in the Lotus. He loves being in the Lotus. Nothing makes an impression on the school run like pulling up in a Lotus. I yeah, it's am, the school bus I am yellow. the very weird dad. It's all it's Park City. It's all SUVs, most of which are are Cayennes or Range Rovers. There's a ton of Model S's. There's a tons of of, of uh, Model X's, and then I roll through in the Lotus. It's very funny. It's funny, yeah. Uh, it's but cool. he loves it, and, cool. and I hi- highly recommend this, Michael. If you can get your your son or daughter embraced in that, it's a very fun experience. Guys, thank you so much for your questions. There's so many good ones. We're gonna get to these. We we definitely are. Ah, oh, man, love it. It goes on. I've got multiple more. It does I've got we a, do have to a call bunch more checked? Yeah. All right. So we will get to these. Thank you for your questions. Keep asking them. Keep writing to us, and we really appreciate you being with us. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>